Uh, tonight we have a special show for you tonight. We're talking about this whole Trayvon Martin thing that's taking this country by storm. People all across the country are rising up, and they're rising up for justice tonight. And that's, and not only, that's important, and we're going to do the same. Folks, this is a new movement here on the Richard Fowler Show, and we have some new stuff for you before we get to the, whole, the Trayvon thing, which we will in just a second. First thing that I want you to know is you can find us on Twitter, and this one's new for all my, all my real listeners who listens all the time. You can now find us at Fowler Show. Um, and we have Rich Webster uh, in the. Uh, he's, he's one of the producers here. He's managing the Twitter account. He'll be coming on in a little bit. Um, and you can always call in 202 889 It's a new number for you. So it's a new number, new Twitter account. And you can always tweet me at Richard A. Fowler because I'm monitoring that one. Um, but beyond that, it's just so, so important that we slow the show down a little bit. Usually, you know, we're a high paced political show. But, you know, a. Uh, uh, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So tonight we're talking about Trayvon, and we're, we're, we, you know, there's just a big rally ended right here in the heart of D.C. in Anacostia. So we have some folks in that rally that will be on in just a second. But before we do that, I wanted, to, I, first I wanted to define for you what what's happening in this whole situation. We're going to go into a little briefly. Before we're going to talk to, we're going to talk about news by the numbers. Before we do that, I want to talk to you about what a justifiable, a justifiable homicide is. A justified homicide is a homicide that can that is justified if the evidence suggests that it was reasonable or believed to the offending party pose an immediate threat to the life or well-being of another. Uh, so, folks, uh, in this particular situation, if you have a hoodie on and you have a bag of Skittles and a Nest iced tea, you are, uh, I guess, your case for justified homicide. I don't know. Anyway, it's time for my favorite segment of the night, News by the Numbers. Tonight in News by the Numbers, tonight's number is 28. 28 is the number of states that are currently have some form of the, Castro do of the Castle Doctrine or the Stand Your Ground Law on the books as of May 10, 2010. Additionally, five other states are currently considering the Stand Your Ground Law. We'll talk about it a little bit in the show. Before that, let's talk about what's happening in politics. In politics, the president's approval rating, Fox News has the president up 47.45, up plus 2. That's a good thing, President Obama. We're, we're working on increasing those numbers. That's a good thing. It's a good thing, people. I'm telling you. In the GOP nomination field, Mitt Romney has it all locked up, it looks like. Mitt Romney's at 36.6%. Santorum is at 28.6%. Gingrich is at 15.6%. And Grandpa, Ron Paul, he's at 10.7%, ladies and gentlemen. Romney seems to have this locked down. I really do think that he is a nominee. The sad part, he has to go through all that trouble to get there. And that is what we're... I mean, we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to get back to the political meat grinder in just a bit. But, you know, Mitt Romney still has a problem in the South, people. He has a big problem in the South, and we're going to talk about it next week that is also going on in news by the numbers if the general election were to happen today and it was President Obama versus Mitt Romney President Obama would win surprise I'm not <laughs> the president would win 48.4% to Mitt to, to, Rick Sand, um, to Mitt Romney's 43.6% so President Obama wins ha uh, he wins handedly I mean it just is what it is ladies and gentlemen but let's talk about this hold your ground law. So, for folks that don't know, this has been the this has been the whole like sandstorm of this whole crisis, right? And basically, what the law says, pretty simply, is if you feel as though your well-being is threatened, you can hold your ground and just blow somebody's head off. I mean, that's just really what it is, ladies and gentlemen. And that's the law that this guy, the Zimmerman guy, I think the name I've been we, <laughs> me and Rich and Peter have tried to figure out how to pronounce this. I, I've been figuring out how to pronounce his name because I keep forgetting it. But it's George Zimmerman. Mind you, his name's not worth remembering, but it's been 26 days, ladies and gentlemen, since the since the incident happened, and since he has since Trayvon Martin is a murder, and there's been no arrest on this case, no, absolutely, positively, no arrest. But before we do that, I want to take a chance to I want everybody to listen because if folks didn't get it yet, they're going to get it right now. So we're going to play the 911 call, um, and then we'll, we'll be right back after this 911 call that we're going to play. Um, maybe both. I'm not sure. There's just someone screaming outside. Hey, what's the address that they're near? Okay. And is it a male or a female? It sounds like a male. And you don't know why? I don't know why. I think they're yelling out, but I don't know. Just send someone to the Okay. Does he look hurt? <laughs> wow. I can't see him. I don't want to go out there. I don't know what's going on. So. They're sending. So you think he's yelling help? Yes. All right, what is your <laughs> number? Just 
Gunshots. You just heard gunshots? Yes. How many? This one. Jimmy, get down. No, come here. Is he no hey, longer coming? I don't know. Jeremy, get in here now. Jeremy, get up here. That is the disturbing 911 call that was made by a neighbor in the neighborhood where uh, Trayvon where Trayvon lived in Sanford, Florida, uh, and you know it's just so disheartening that a young a young man and I, we're gonna we're gonna break this down, um, but a young man who had his whole life ahead of him, his life has been stomped out because of hatred and because of injustice, and the person that did this to him, there's no justice for him. But like I said at the top of the show here, uh, and you know we act radio. Um, at WEAC Radio, or like folks, this is completely interactive. So give us a call 202-889-9792. Want you to be part of the conversation about this, uh, and also tweet us at the Fowler Show or at Richard A. Fowler. Um, and 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 so you know, with that be with with that being said, um, the most important thing that we have to understand is that this is this is just crazy. So like I said, in, in right down down here, oh. So I said the wrong number. That's why everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy. So the telephone number is 202-889-9797. They change it on me. So it's 202-889-9797 to be part of the conversation. My apologies, folks. I was trying to get all serious, and then I forgot the number. Sorry. Uh, but beyond that, we have some folks in the studio tonight who are, who are part of the rally that took place just down the street here. We're in the heart of D.C., Anacostia. Uh, and so we have... Salim. That is correct, sir. Salim Adolfo, National Vice Chairperson of Organizer and Training of the National Black United Front. Welcome. And Rashia Green. R- Rashia Green. <laughs> I am horrible with my the viewers know listeners know I'm horrible with names. But thanks for coming out. So tell me, you guys had just had the rally up the street here. Um and I, I'm sorry I couldn't make it because we were just busy trying to get the show together. But tell me what um what happened? Like what was the energy uh, in the rally, like I'm pretty sure people are pretty upset. But where was the, what was the energy? If you could answer that question for me. Well, it was actually a prayer vigil today, okay. and the energy was uh, extremely high. You know, the, the people of uh, Anacostia came out and they showed a lot of support and gave their condolences to the uh, Trayvon Martin family, and for also for Trayvon, who is now an ancestor. And it was really good. I was really proud of Southeast DC today. And that and that's and that's so good. So and tell me, um, how many young people, how many young African American men were at this prayer visual today? It was a large number because the, the age really ranged um, greatly. Because I think with what happened, a lot of people are taking it personal. Because I think a lot of people are starting to see that this could happen to anybody. And they sh- and they should take it personally. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, hell, there's all there's all sorts of times where I walk from my from my apartment building to the grocery store with a hoodie on. I mean, that could have been me. That could have been my brother. That could have been any of us. It could have been Salim for that point. It could have been, and, and, and that's the problem. That's what upsets me the most about this, is that I don't want people to just look at it as one case. This could have been anybody. Like, this guy, is, this guy was an absolute loon, and we're going we're to we're talk about him a little bit. But, so tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what, what was the emphasis behind organizing it? Well, first and foremost, the position of the National Black United Front is we are African people. We have a, a spiritual foundation as a people, and we lost a child in our community. And we need to come together around that issue. The safety and security of our children is a primary concern. And so that's what the focus was today, to be in unison and solidarity with, the, uh, with Trayvon Martin's family and with his spirit as well, and to bring up all the other issues because uh, this, is, this is not just about Trayvon um, it's about the issues of our community that we face on a regular basis because there's incidents that happen like this on a continuous basis this is uh, something that has been happening to us historically and so we want to address that today as well and um, give people in the community uh, the chance to voice that out as well Oh yeah, I I can't I can't agree with you more. I think Trayvon is just one of the he's the Trayvon is just and I hate to say it this way, but he's a number for all the other African American men that this has happened to. And on top of that, and folks don't realize, and even when we were putting the show together, like I didn't realize how long it was between the time that he was actually shot to the press took like to the pre- to the guy in the media, right. and we're talking about it here, and it's become this media firestorm. But this guy, th- this young man, got shot almost a month ago, February twenty sixth. Almost a month. It took a month for people to pay attention. You know how many other cases there are out there 
uh, that are just like that. And I think that is the most, that is the whole, the worst part about it. But let's, let's, let's talk about, um, you know, this guy who shot him. George Zimmerman is the name. So he's a neighborhood watch volunteer who fired, he's the one who fired the shots against Trayvon. And, uh, you know, he, you know, the whole, he's a vigilante. They call him, uh, he, he's painted, they painted him as a vigilante and as a murderer. But let's just go and let's delve into a little bit about this guy. Okay. Right? So in 2005, George Zimmerman was accused twice of either um, a criminal misconduct or violence. So he was a violent, he's a violent criminal. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what this says, right? Um, and then a month later, courts reported that a woman filed a petition for an injunction against Mr. Zimmerman citing domestic violence. It was, un- it was unclear um, what led to the petition, but Zimmerman responded by filing a petition on his own th- th- on the following day, right? And on top of that, he's also known for, um, you know, going after other African-American men that live in the community. One of the young, one of the gentlemen that live in the community um, is quoted as saying, it was quoted as saying that, you know, this guy came up and talked to them a couple of times. Um, and on top of talking, on, on top of talking to them a couple of times, he also basically said, you know, who, whose bike is that? Or, you know, did you steal a bike or something like that? Uh, and so basically this guy, he's known for just basically picking on African-American young men. And he's not the only one. There's so many more of them out there that pick on Afri- African-American young men. But he's one of those people that are known for picking on the young, on the, on the gentleman. And, you know, this time he just took it too far. He took it too far. And the, and the other part that bothers me the most is that the gun laws in Florida are, and I'm from Florida, the gun laws in Florida are just so, 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 like, loose. Everybody has a gun. I mean, Virginia is the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, the every, it's, you know, loosey-goosey. Everybody has a gun. And so, you know, he has this gun. He, sh- he runs this boy down. This boy is pleading for his life. You heard the 911 call. Pleading for his life. And he just shoots him twice. And, we, and there's still no arrest. Well, let me ask you a question. What do you think about this? Let's say... Uh, I know you used to getting questions on my show, but okay. Let's say <laughs> Antoine Shabazz shot Thomas O'Reilly. Okay. In the same circumstances. What would happen? Uh well, <laughs> see they're gonna get they're gonna try to get me on the record on this one. I mean, I I really well, we don't have to answer that, but I mean, th- let's just think about that. Oh, right? man, I think all the know. listeners should think about that. Uh, and, and I would say that I think you're completely right. I think if Trayvon, um, if the, the aggression was the other way, mm-hmm. that um, we, it would be a different situation. Uh, and that, I think that's the reason why the police chief stepped down. That's the reason why the state attorney stepped down. But uh, well, well, speaking to that issue of them stepping down, let's not. Um, Dismiss the fact that it was the pressure from the people in the community that made them step down or at least made them react to us. Because, see, you said it took almost a month for the news to pick up the issue. Mm-hmm. And they're the still not picking up on everything either. Right. But, see, let's think about the grassroots was pushing this issue. Oh, I and completely so, agree so with make you. no mistake about it. This was the power of the people in the community I, I forcing it. I completely forcing the I right com- power structure to I, recognize this I, com- I completely agree with you there. I don't agree with you. I, I, I completely agree with you. I don't disagree with you at all. Um, but before we do that, I, we, we definitely we have a call on the line. Um, now, folks, you could be just like this call. I'll introduce him in a second. But it's, you can give us a call at 202-889-9797. I think they know this caller. Or you can, get, or you can tweet your questions in to at the Fowler Show or at Richard A. Fowler. Um, we want to hear from you. But right now we have Kofi on the line from Houston, Texas. He's the national chair of the NBUF. Hi, welcome to the show. Good evening to you all. And I, I wanted to uh, call in and give a big salute to Brother Salim and Sister Rashid and all of those who came out to the rally in uh, southeast Washington, D.C. today. I'm calling in from Houston, Texas. And uh, we just wanted to let the people know of our solidarity and the, we appreciate the work that uh, Brother Salim and Sister Rashid and all of the people that are doing there in Washington, D.C. Well, we thank you so much for calling in, sir. Um, and, we, you know, we love having new listeners on the show, and it's so important that, you know, your voices are heard on this particular topic. And you guys are some great, great, great young people um, that, you know, are really galvanizing the community down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that's really important. I mean, it, I think we all have to... No matter what, no matter in whatever work we do, we all have to do be at the best. The, we have to be the best at the job that we do. So you guys are part. You guys are the per- folks that are community activists, and it is our job here at We Act Radio, um, as programmers, and some of us do television to go out and push this me- message out on television. Yes, sir. Uh, and that's what I'll, I mean. That's what I'm doing. I'll be on Chinese television on. I'll be on Chinese television. I'm um, talking about it on on Sunday. Um, so 
it is what it is. But the moral of the story is is that it's really important that we we we, we discuss this. Um, but we're gonna go to a quick break. We'll be right okay. back. Um, we're gonna keep the, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep them around for a little bit, folks. I know people are loving the conversation. We're gonna delve in a little bit deeper um, into this whole situation. Right, coming up. This is my these are my this is one of my favorite one of my favorite groups ever. Destiny's Child, Stand Up for Love. Let's put it in hopelessness tonight, guys. We'll be right back after this break. Listening to WPWC We Act Radio, 1480 AM, WeActRadio.com. Do you have a case of the saggy maggies? All those uncontrollable bra straps. Oh, how annoying! Well, bra leaf is your solution. As you see, bra leaf is made of elastic, not plastic, and you can adjust its length from narrow to wide bra straps. Wow! With Braleaf, the results speak for themselves, giving you the lift you deserve. So try Braleaf, the premium adjustable bra clip, available now. Hi, I'm Curtis, and I'm so glad that I've got my own, you know, so glad that I can see. I've got a natural hide. The man can't put no thing on me, and he can't put no thing on you either. Keep your nose clean. Don't be no junkie. Remember, Freddy's dead. Now you can know. This is Margaret Flowers. And I'm Kevin Zeese. Join us every Monday morning, 11 a.m. on We Act Radio, 1480 a.m. for Clearing the Fog. Speaking truth to expose the forces of greed. Start the week with your eyes open. The fog. The forces of greed that spin news stories for the benefit of the 1%. Each week, we feature guests who are working to expose these truths and offer real solutions to the current crises we face. Knowledge is power, and with knowledge, you will be empowered to act to shift the power to the people. Together, we will clear the fog for peace, justice, and sustainability. Monday mornings at 11 a.m. on weactradio.com or 1480 a.m. in Washington, D.C. You're listening to Take Action News on We Act Radio, produced at the studios of WPWC, 1480 AM in Washington, D.C., your nation's capital. And we're back on the, and we're back on the Richard Fowler Show, um, and we're talking about the tragedy that happened to Tyvon Martin, or Trevon Martin, I keep... Trayvon. Trayvon Martin. Uh, it's been a really long day for me. Um, <laughs> and we're talking about the injustice tonight, and we're going to work to solve it. And we have some great, great folks in the studio with us. They just came from a visual, prayer visual happening just down the street in the in the heart of D.C., Anacostia. We, ha- we have, they're from the National Black United Front. Um, so tell us a little bit more about the National Black United Front. The National Black United Front. Started in 1980 in Brooklyn, New York, around the issue similar to this of um, the killing of uh, several black men and those sisters and brothers, uh, Baba G. Tuweusi, uh, Reverend Daughtry, uh, Sister Safia Bandeli, numerous others came together and they went across the country organizing uh, other organizations in the community to come together to form a black united front to address the various issues that we face as a black people in America, whether it be housing education, economic, spirituality, police misconduct, whatever the case may be. And so one of the primary things that we deal with now is the issue of uh, reparations. We deal with the issue of African-centered education. And right now we're dealing with the issue of Trayvon Martin. Mm -hmm. On Monday at 4 p.m. at the Department of Justice, 1425 New York Avenue Northwest, will be there. You guys know where that is, folks. That's downtown. We're We're taking the fight to the people. That's right. We're taking this fight across the bridge. We taking these folks from southeast. We taking them across the bridge. That was the rally cry today. We going across the bridge, and we going to the Department of Justice. It's important that we sit here in the seat of uh, white supremacy, the citadel of this uh, system. And a lot of times, people see what goes on here, and it goes all the way around the world. So it's important that we let the voices of the people be heard. 
Uh, completely. Now, tell us about your. Is it the? Is it called the? What's the name of the the, the feed the feed the hood program? Feed yeah, we had a uh, feed the hood project. Okay. Sister Rashid, can tell you about that. Every first Sunday of the month, we are at Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, um, giving away food, giving away clothes. People come out; they are very appreciative, and they are used to seeing us out there. So, if anybody has anything to donate, we can contact um, nbuffdc.org. It's mbuff, N-B-U-F-D-C dot O-R-G. You can hit us up on the email, uh, N-B-U-F-D-C at Gmail. You can call us at 202-525-3449. Uh, you can just Google National Black United Front, and you can come up with us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, all those yeah, different Yeah, get them on Tumblr. Twitter, folks. We're going to yes. follow them on Twitter. Uh, we're going to get. We're going to make sure we got. We follow you on Twitter and and, and push your message out there. Yes, uh, and thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome. And uh, one thing I do need to say before we go, uh, brother Kofi is actually from D.C. Okay. Yeah, so he's from uh, Houston right now, but by way of D.C. And we're thankful for um, him and the leadership that he is providing to the organization, but also to his family. We have Mama Cece out today. And uh, Big Brother uh, Uncle Joe and a host of other folks. So we're thankful that uh, we're able to have an intergenerational, a family-oriented organization. And this is one of the things I'm moving about. And that's why we was really out here today because a lot of focus is being placed on uh, Zimmerman not being arrested. But we can never lose sight of the fact that a young child life was you're lost. Com- you're completely right. And I-, I thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, these the, the, the folks... No matter what you believe in, no matter what race you are, what sex you are, what class you are, we all know that the best way to create social change in this country is by people coming together. Every small, every major social change happens in this country happens through a small group, uh, and you guys are no different. So we appreciate you being on um, with us, and you always have a home with the Richard Fowler show. All right, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, but I, and I, you know, I really want to go back to that point that no matter where you are. No matter where you are, that's how you create social change. It's not about what race you are or what color you are. It's about what you can do to come together to fight against the powers of injustice, to fight against the powers that have said that you cannot you cannot achieve or you cannot walk home safely from your house without being profiled. But beyond that, I want to go in a little bit deeper on this stand-your-ground law. And beyond the standard ground, I want to go a little bit deeper about gun laws in America. And the reason why I want to do that is because I have been recently, I've been contemplating getting a gun. Right? I live in Virginia. Um, and Virginia is like the wild, wild west when it comes to gun ownership. And my father has been convinced, like, you sick son? And my father, if folks don't know, I'm Jamaican. My father's uber Jamaican. So he's on the, he calls me up and he's like, I'm going to do his voice now if I can uh, hold on. I had to drink some water before this. But he's like, Richie. You have to go get a gun. You know what, them? They shoot you before you can shoot them. And, you know, partially I was like, you know, maybe he's right. And I sort of ignored it for a while. And I talked to some of my friends, and they were like, yeah. You know, we, they were talking about the same thing. And, you know, people always say, like, you know, having a gun is like the peace that passes all understanding. Um, but beyond that, the truth of the matter is, is when you look at some of these gun laws, and the reason why I was so persuaded to possibly get a gun is because some of these gun laws are so ridiculous that anybody can have a gun. People like George Zimmerman can have a gun. This guy has committed a violent crime against society, but he was given a gun, and he used that gun to slay an innocent, an innocent young man. Innocent. But our Constitution, because, you know, the, the folks on the opposite side, they love to point out to the Constitution. So I pulled the Constitution up because I had to see it. And the Constitution in the Second Amendment says, um, you know, it's a, the people say the right to bear arms, but the amendment actually reads the following. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the, for the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. But if you look at that, and anybody who... Uh, is an English person. There are four or five, like, I guess you'd call them clauses that are connected by commas. But if you remove the center clause being necessary to secure, to, so the purpose of having a well-regulated militia, it goes, the reg, a well basically it reads that a well-regulated militia has the right to bear arms. It doesn't necessarily say that individuals have the right to bear arms. It says the people that belong in the militia have the right to bear arms. So, ever since we signed the Constitution, like, we've, we, I can't tell you, I'm from, I've been in many states, and none of the states that I know have a militia. I mean, they just, they don't have a militia. So, the fact that these states don't have a militia says that people shouldn't really have the right to bear arms. 
A civilian, a civilian militia interprets, which is holds that the Second Amendment is no longer valid, having been interrupted by protecting the militia system, is no longer it's no longer place. We don't have a militia system, system in this country, so there's no reason to even look at that. I want to hear your thoughts on this, folks. So go ahead and give us tweet us tweet us about this um, at the Fowler Show F O W L E R Show, or uh, give us a call two zero two eight eight nine nine seven nine seven. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts about this whole, this whole, this push for more and more loosening of gun regulation, right? Uh, and beyond that, the NRA, the National Rifle Association, right? They fund these candidates that support, you know, these crazy gun laws. And in particular, right, the, the NRA was working on Capitol Hill to nationalize the Florida's, the, this Florida law, the stand your ground law. They want to make it a national law. They want to make it a national law to say that it is okay. For everybody to have guns and be able to stand their ground. The gun lobby has gotten the U.S. Senators to introduce a bill that would force states like New York with, with, strong gun, with strong gun laws to follow Florida's model of arming criminals and killers. This was led by Mark, well, led by Mark Beggage. He's a Democrat, but I mean, I'm just telling you what, what, what it's saying here. And the bill would allow tens of thousands of concealed carry permit holders, such as those with violent backgrounds similar to Zimmerman, to take their guns. And they're shoot first, ask questions later. And I have a problem with that. Like, why do we have police if we're going to have, you know, everybody's going to be their own police officer? And if that's the case, everybody should be armed. Everybody should walk around with a gun like it's, we're back in 1772. I'm just saying, folks. I mean, this is what the NRA wants to do. The NRA wants to create laws that will basically make it so that everybody can walk around with a gun. Everybody can walk around with a gun. People who are mentally unstable can have guns. This is what they believe in, and I hate. I, no, I don't get me wrong. I hate to take the point off of the uh, off of Trayvon, which is where, where our emphasis should be. But the simple fact is that this guy is not locked up behind bars, and there's no justice for this family because the NRA have created these crazy policies that allow for any maniac out there to get a gun, even people like me. I'm not a maniac, but I can get a gun, and I, I mean, I, and in Virginia, the rule is you can bring your gun to the bar, but you can't get drunk with your gun. Really? Or in Florida, it's an 80-20 rule. If the restaurant is 80% non-alcoholic, so there's a bar, but 80% of the restaurant is not a bar, you can have a gun in there. Why does that make any sense? Why is that okay? Why in a civilized country like the United States must we have such regressive, backwards policies? Well, I have an answer for you to that. That's because these folks who walk around here and tote their whole ideal of liberty, they believe in liberty. They believe in the Constitution. The liberty that they want is a liberty where tyranny supersedes morality. They don't believe in morality. They, they profess to believe in morality. But you cannot tell me you believe in morality if you believe in a policy where somebody walks up to you and you feel so you're so you blow their head off. That's not morality, if you ask me. But this goes to a broader... This goes... This, this whole... This whole Trayvon Martin thing, it goes to a broader issue here. It goes to a broader, broad, like a broader issue. And I've been really thinking about when we, when, we, when we change the show's topic, because I will admit, right, we were planning on talking about good old McMittens this week. And I said to Rich, I'm like, and I said to Rich and Peter, P Rich and Peter, we cannot talk about McMittens. We have to talk about this, this, this Trayvon, because this is a total... This is a media stance. This is about justice. At the end of the day, no matter how I care about politics, the reason why I've become such a political advocate, why I'm out there fighting the good fight, is because I fight this fight so other people can have justice that they don't get. But beyond that, the, justice, the, the death of Trayvon should cause us all to take action, not just for African Americans, but for everybody. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that this whole I their whole ideal or their whole presumption of liberty is not only unreasonable, but their whole presumption of liberty is to take our country backwards, to create disorder, and to make it's a regressive policy. Their liberty calls for women not to be able to get birth control. Their liberty says that if two people who love each other, who happen to be of the same sex, they shouldn't have the right to get married. Their liberty says a young African-American man cannot walk around with a hoodie when he's home on summer vacation or home on spring break. This is what their liberty demands, right? But I would argue that racism, and I know people are saying this is very racial and it's very racist, and I understand that. But I would say that racism is a mask for something greater than it. Racism is a mask for classism. 
in this country. Because what has happened in this country is that people have used race to divide America. They've used race so the 99% has been divided by subsets, by groups, and by silos. So you have, I mean, people have saw, I don't know if anybody saw the clip, but there was a whole clip about people on welfare in Mississippi. The people on welfare in Mississippi have so much in common with the people right here in Acostia on welfare. They have this, they're living in the same economic circumstance if you look at the government definition of it. But they've been separated because of racial indifference. So people, the, the, I would say, I would argue that racism, classism, sexism, and corporate greed all come from the same bastard mother. The same bastard mother of, you know, the same cancer, this whole idea of suppressing the people. Because if we suppress the people, we can control the people. And that is part of the problem. The biggest part of the problem is, is that if we suppress the people, we can control the people. But, I, you know... I, we, we have to change this. I'm going to talk more about changing it when we come back from the break. But I just want folks to take that message with them that they want to divide us. Because if they divide, everybody 99%, you have your Tea Party, your Occupy, your, 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 your Trayvon Martin supporters, your Susan Fluke people, you have your LGBT people who ask for Mary Call. They're all doing something different. They've divided us and they've won. And we can't let that happen. But we'll talk more about it at the break. You're listening to WPWC, We Act Radio, 1480 AM, weactradio.com. Right now, Republicans are actively working to move our economy and our democracy backward. And too many Democrats are holding their heads down just to get through the next election. That means an independent progressive movement that challenges both political parties is more important than ever. That's why on June 18th through the 20th, progressive leaders from all over the country will be converging at the Take Back the American Dream conference in Washington, D.C. And you can go to ourfuture.org slash takeback right now to register for this important conference. We Act Radio listeners who act now will get an early bird discount on registration. The Take Back the American Dream conference is where big ideas and bold actions come together in the fight to make real the dream of an economy and a democracy that works for everyone. We'll demand attention to the elements corroding America's well-being, long-term unemployment, underwater mortgages, the bigotry and misogyny coming from the extreme right, the big money corrupting our elections, and the refusal to respond to global warming. The Take Back the American Dream Conference is about taking back what rightfully belongs to all Americans. Good jobs, quality education, access to health care, a clean environment, a secure retirement, and government that serves and answers to all of the people, not just the wealthy and corporations. Hundreds of billions of dollars are being spent on behalf of conservatives whose policies created an economic collapse. But organized people can beat organized money fueled by the dream of an America where everyone can prosper. Go to ourfuture.org slash takeback to register for the Take Back the American Dream Conference June 18th through the 20th. Act now, and we act radio listeners will get an early bird discount on registration. Join the conversation on Twitter, hashtag TakeBack12. We'll see you in Washington at the Take Back the American Dream Conference. Friends, David Schuster here, and all of us at WEAC Radio are so proud of our neighbors here in Southeast D.C., especially one of our partners, The Ark. The Ark is at 1901 Mississippi Avenue Southeast. It's the home to some of Washington's best, including the Washington Ballet, the Levine School of Music, Boys and Girls Club, and the Children's Health Project all provide a number of programs and services within the very same facility. The Ark is also home to the Ark Theater, the only theater east of the river, which hosts a variety of dance, music, and theatrical shows each year. Almost everything you could want is at the Ark, so stop by and see them. The Ark, 1901 Mississippi Avenue in Southeast. For more information, visit the Ark's website, www.thearkdc.org, or call 202-889-5901. The Ark, part of Southeast D.C. You're listening to WPWC, We Act Radio, 1480 AM, weactradio.com. 
so I've got to be careful about my statements to make sure that we're not uh, impairing any investigation that's taking place right now. Uh, but obviously, this is a tragedy. Uh, I can only imagine what these parents are going through. Uh, and when I think about uh, this boy, uh, I think about my own kids. And you know, I think every parent in America uh, should be able to understand uh, why it is absolutely imperative that we investigate every aspect of this and that everybody pulls together, federal, state, and local, uh, to figure out exactly how this tragedy happened. Uh, so uh, I'm glad that uh, not only is the Justice Department looking into it, I understand now that uh, the governor of the state of Florida has formed a task force to investigate what's taking place. Uh, I think all of us have to do some soul searching to figure out how does something like this happen. And that means that we examine uh, the laws, and the context for what happened, uh, as well as the uh, specifics of the incident. Uh, but my main message is, is uh, to the parents of uh, Trayvon Martin. Um, you know, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. And, you know, I think they are right to... If I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon too, Mr. President. Uh, and that's the reason why there's so much anger in the community because people have under people understand that this young man that was shot right he was shot he was a young man that could be your brother he could be your husband he could be your future gods he could be your future son-in-law but his life was gone was taken out too soon because there was hatred in the community and like i said before we went to break Hatred in the community is not something that it's just, it's not just racism, folks. And I, I, and I want people to break out of this whole ideal that it's just racism. This has everything to do with your socioeconomic status on top of racism. For 400 years, African Americans were degraded through slavery. And then we got 60 years of the civil rights movement and Jim Crow and, you know, vo and voter suppression. And now this is the next civil rights. This civil rights movement is not a civil rights movement, though, folks. I want to, I want to define this. It's not a movement that is defined by the, co the color of your skin. This is a movement defined by how much money you bring home in your paycheck. That is what this movement is about. And if you don't believe that's what this movement is about, then I want you to take a look at the Hill. Capitol Hill, which is down a couple blocks from here. These individuals will hold up pieces of legislation that would benefit the poor, would benefit the marginalized, that would benefit the young people that want to get out of their current situation, so those people that want to go to college, they will stand in the way of policies that affect everyday Americans because they don't believe in everyday Americans. They believe in those Americans that are part of big businesses and big corporations. And if you don't believe me, it's telling. President Obama, the President of the United States, the leader of the free world, came out today and said that Trayvon could be his son. Right? You haven't heard mums the word from Mitt Romney, mums the word from Newt Gingrich, mums the word from Rick Santorum, mums the word from Ron Paul. Not one GOP candidate, better yet, not one GOP leader, not even the governor of the state, like we're going to investigate it, has said these acts are wrong and they should be prosecuted. Not one. At the end of the day, no matter what political party you belong to, and this is my problem. No matter what political party you belong to, justice is justice. Justice is not just us. Justice is justice. And if we want if those individuals, because let me tell you something. When, if you go to their community, right, if you go in their community and you kill one of their loved ones, they're going to have a problem with it. And they're going to say why well, all this stuff needs to be done. A great example is Columbine. Right? Happened in a middle class, upper, upper middle class community. The whole nation stopped. Justice had to be done. But when it comes to a little, when it comes to Trayvon, it's been 26 days and there has been no justice. No justice. And the people are getting angry. And that's a good thing. You know, I hate to, I hate to have a sidetrack, but I had like a really empowering moment this week. Um, I was on Twitter. And folks know I'm on Twitter at Richard A. Fowler or at The Fowler Show. 
or give us a call 202-889-9797. But I was on Twitter and I was ta- I was tweeting about, you know, this whole Trayvon thing and why people are so angry about the injustice. And I got a tweet from somebody who's sort of, I guess, sort of important. But uh, I got a tweet from the Oprah Winfrey who tweeted me back and said, you're completely right, Richard. People are angry about the injustice. But the thing is that this is good. People getting angry about the injustice is good because apathy, she states, is an enemy. And I tweeted back to Oprah and I said, Oprah, apathy is only an enemy second to fear. And I think a lot of the divisions that we have in this country is because the, the, those that are wealthy, the 1%, they are fearful of what will happen if you educate the 99%. Because they know what's going to happen. If you educate us, we'll run them out the country. Just point, 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 point blank period, folks. Point blank period. And I think that is what alarms me the most. The other thing about this whole Trayvon thing, I know we're covering it in all sorts of different angles. And I think I, when I first came on, uh, the goal was to try to cover it from just one angle. But this is so deep. And it's so rich. Um, and, you know, this is the only time that you have that I have to cover it or talk about it. Um, uh, 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 you know, to more than just more than me talking in the mirror, um, but to talking to talking about it to you know everyday people. And one thing that I want to talk about here, and I had this conversation a couple of times with a couple of people, including one of my brother, was what it means. And a lot of people don't like to talk about this. They don't. Uh, and we're going to talk about it tonight, and, and it's very—it's a very uncomfortable topic, but we're going to talk about it anyway. But what the whole Trayvon incident brings to light, and the, the folks all over Twitter, ha- uh, Facebook—they've put—they've replaced—they've put hoods on, and they put their hoodies on, and they said, you know, I'm—do I look suspicious? But it brings to a broader light of what it is to be a black man in this country. And President Obama talked about it. He's like, I know I'm black because I have a hard time catching a cab in Manhattan. But beyond that, when you're raised as a black man in this country, you are raised with you're raised with an extra stigma, with an extra standard. My mom always used to say growing up, and it's not her fault. I mean, this is just a society. But she says, now you got to be careful when you see the police. Don't do and make any sudden movements because you're a black man. They're gonna or or better yet, when when something happen when something when the crimes happen, they make sure you're not involved in it. Make sure you're not in the area. Don't run. Because the police are going to assume that you're the person that did it. You are, and John and Jonathan Capehart, um, the an edit, on the editorial board of the Post, he talked about this on Morning Joe, and he wrote a whole piece about it in the Washington Post. So if you, you should get a chance, if you haven't seen that, you should get a chance to take a look at that as well. But what he talked about was the same thing of what it is to be African, an African American man in this country. Being an African American man in this country means you're subject to scrutiny no matter what happens. Right? No matter what happens, you're subject to scrutiny. You're subject to be scrutinized by the police, by the by your neighbors, by by whoever because they see that you might be a criminal. When you walk by I can remember growing up. We would go to the mall and the old ladies would see me coming and they would hold their purse. They thought that I was gonna steal their purse. I don't care. I mean trust me. I'm not saying that I grew up rich. I grew up middle class, but I'm pretty sure my mom had money in her purse and they had in their purse. Uh, there was nothing. Uh, what was I going to get from stealing their purse? But that is the type of society that we're raised up in. That's the type of society that you know Trayvon lived in before he died. That you felt that because you're African American, you have to do something different. You can't be a normal. You can't be a normal little boy. You can't you know jump over fences and hop over walls because if the police see you doing it. They're going to think you're committing a crime. And that goes down to what I was saying earlier. We spend so much time in this country only talking about our differences and we need to talk about our similarities because the similarity between Trayvon and you know a little Timmy or a little Johnny who lived down the street from him in another neighborhood there is no difference they go to the same they go to they might go to different schools they be from the same textbooks they get the same adequate funding and you pull the skin back and they're the same young men but Trayvon has given different standards to live his life than little Johnny is and that's part of the problem in this country and the only way we can break that down is that if us in the progressive movement make a conscious choice to break down the silos that exist between our respective movements. And, and, that, and that is what has to happen. You have to break down those silos. The LGBT movement is in, the, in their own little world. The African American movement is in their own little world. The, the women's health movement is in their own little world. We've got to break those silos down. Do not let another Trayvon or a Susan Fluke happen before we decide to break the silos down. We need to break those silos down right now. 
It's just that simple, folks. It is just that simple. I know my soapbox, and I haven't got to the moment yet, so you know that's going to be more soapboxy. Anyway, we'll be right back from this break. But what I, what I want you to think about when we go to break is what it is to be an African-American man in this country and what it was, the, the final moments of Trayvon's life as he walked home. Uh, and, and, you know, in this time of the show, it's one of my favorite times of the show, we hear from our good friend Will Roberts. Will Roberts is known as a modern-day Will Roberts. He's a syndicated. He has a weekly PBS segment as well as performed in Las Vegas as a featured act in the Cirque du Soleil. His sites are politicalcomedian.com and twitter.com slash Will, Roger, Will Rogers USA. Ladies and gentlemen, Will, what do you got for us this week? You know, it's hard being a humorist, especially when everything in the newspaper is more serious than it is funny, especially the funny pages. I mean, we have the soldier that went haywire and killed all those folks. And, of course, the Trayvon Martin murder case. Of course, it's not a murder case yet until proven guilty. Now, it's not technically called a murder until proven guilty, like I said, but I'm the type of guy that goes with the majority, you know, majority rules, especially when the majority wants to get more facts, like a trial. But being that I'm a cowboy that has guns, and some views on who should have them and who should shoot them. I'm going to go with this Trayvon Martin story for today. But don't expect to see much humor in this because there's really none in it. It's a very tragic situation that uh, hopefully soon will be taken care of. There's a lot of gray area here and we're hoping to take care of it. See, I say that this is more than just a possible case of racially charged motives. I say it's more of a gun control issue. Who should have a gun and... Well, who shouldn't? And I'm not going to tell a person who should have that gun or if they should use it. I just want to make sure that person isn't in my presence when they're waving it around. See, I lived in Arizona for quite some time, and uh, the law there is that you can carry a gun and you don't even need a permit, as long as you're showing it and not concealing it. And I have to tell you, that's a pretty good law because it means that if you can see a man a block away and he's got a gun in his side, well, you can make the choice to run the other way. See, uh, as far as I know or understand, apparently this gentleman, Mr. Zimmerman, he had a gun. And as a patrol officer, or I think that's what he is, or a security guard, or just a man with a gun watching the neighborhood, well, I'm not sure really what he was. Well, he certainly wasn't a police officer. But see, that's the question, and a lot of other questions. See, it seems odd to me that See, in this cowboy world that I live in, a man with a gun, dressed like a sheriff or a security guard, that chases down people, well, that's called a reenactor. And the only thing we let them do is act like a sheriff, but carry a fake gun. See, policemen are military folks, well, they're trained, they're trained with their firearms. That way, if they're faced with something unknown, they know what to do, because they've been trained that way. Now, I know I'm going to get in trouble with my NRA friends or folks that carry guns, but it's a far cry different story to be defending yourself from someone that comes into your home than it is to be positioned in a spot waiting to use your gun. We call that hunting. See, we need more facts, Florida. But in order to do that, we'll need both parties to be present. And because, unfortunately, one is no longer with us, we need you boys in Florida to do your job and get some answers. It's just the right thing to do. I'm Will Roberts, and this is your weekly telegram. You're listening to WPWC We Act Radio, 1480 AM, WeActRadio.com. If you're a veteran of Iraq or Afghanistan, like me, coming home can be harder than expected. But it turns out I wasn't alone. At IAVA.org, there's a free online community of thousands of vets who've got your back. Whether it's managing the transition home or everyday stuff like finding a nice sweater for my dog. Sweater? <laughs> okay, maybe not that. Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America is there for you. Join our community at IAVA.org. We've got your back. Brought to you by IAVA and the Ad Council. The Breakdown with Richard Escow airs every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. On We Act Radio, WPWC, 1480 AM, and WeActRadio.com.
When people ask me what my show's about, what the premise is, I guess what they're asking is, what makes money, economics, finance interesting and exciting? How do they affect the things we see all around us, the events we read about or see on the news, the ups and downs of our own daily lives? What I tell them is this. If there were a magic ink that made the movement of money glow in the dark, if we could strip away the world around us and see the currents of that ink from somewhere in deep space, here's what we'd see. We'd see that all of it, the elections and coup d'etats, the rise and fall of nations and empires, the revolutions and wars and famines and riots, the sickness and health, the joblessness and wealth, the millions of human joys and sorrows that all of this creates, it would all look like the byproducts or side currents of that money as it flows in a great tidal wave. Even the things you don't think are affected by the flow. Oh, like fashion trends or prejudices or the latest pop music. All of it turns out to be the eddies and currents of that giant flow. Is reality really that simple? Probably not, but it's pretty close. And on one level, the level that a lot of power players operate on, that is the reality. You've seen our world, but we'll show you our world on money. I'm Richard Escow, and this is the breakdown Packers Vikings we come from different places uptown downtown we come to different conclusions half empty half full but when we live united we make a real difference in the building blocks of life children succeed in school families gain financial stability the health of our neighbors improves and suddenly so do our communities real change won't happen without you live united so give advocate volunteer live united sign up today at liveunited.org Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. You're listening to WPWC We Act Radio, 1480 AM, WeActRadio.com. And we're back. We are back, folks, and we're so happy that you're with us. Um, and, you know, the true essence of it is is that, you know, there really are, especially in this situation, there's really times where people, we're, we're fighting against such, but we're fighting against so much. We have so much at stake. There's so much at stake right now that we're fighting for um, that, you know, it causes us to sort of really be, be not able to sleep at night. I think this whole this whole Trayvon thing has turned the media and it's turned us into a whirlwind of what can we do? Where is the justice? Where is the you know we sent that we send our folks out there. We have Reverend Al out there fighting the good fight. We have um, Representative Wilson from Florida out there fighting the good fight. But it's time for us as everyday people to fight that fight. And that fight you fighting that fight could be very simple. Understandably, we all have busy lives. I have a busy life as well, but you can do something. You could hashtag Trayvon. You could change your Facebook picture to wearing a hood. I did that last night. Um, whatever, but the thing of the truth of the matter is you can sign the petition on, on sign on the, on signon.com saying that we want justice for Trayvon. You can call your member of Congress. You can call the Justice Department. You could join the national, you can join the folks that were in the studio earlier. Um, and you know, you can join them in standing up and fighting for it that's a national black united front or you know you can take you can do what you need to do whatever it is if it's just educating somebody talking to somebody touching your next door neighbor and saying to them there's an injustice happening and we have to be we have to be in a front to stop that injustice from happening and if you do that if we can all make a small step we really can change this country. And if you don't believe that we can change this country, I want you to look in 2008. We elected President Obama. Nobody ever thought that in this country we'd elect a black man to be president of the United States. But it took individual small steps. It took the lady from, it took the lady from South Carolina who sent the president $3. It took the people that organized millions of people to go vote. It took people calling their families, calling their friends, calling their relatives, calling their grandma and saying, Grandma, you got to go out and vote. And this situation is no different. We have got to take our community back from people like George Zimmerman. He's on the neighborhood watch, and the neighborhood should be watching him. 
And that is just the truth of the matter. And what we have to do is we have to take our neighborhoods back from these people that want to teach our children hate, that want to teach our children difference. We've got to stop that. We really have just got to stop that. And what we can do to stop that is educating each other, building networks of people, out building networks of educated people that will work to break down the hate. One of those networks is a network that I'm really um, happy to be part of. Um, that's a na- that's a, the New Leaders Council in D.C., and that's what we do. We work, we get a whole bunch of progressives together, and we collaborate. We work on projects together. We get to know each other because that is how you create change. When you have friends in all the different sectors and all the different silos of a political issue or of the political field, you can really create change in the political field. That's just the truth of the matter, and that's how we're going to create that change when we stand up and we fight against it. And if you want to get involved here locally in D.C., with this, with the, with this, you know, this Trayvon and the continuing, um, you know, the, the the pressure that we're putting on the Justice Department to act, you can join. Um, they'll be having a visual at Howard University at 7 p.m. on Thursday. Participants will be asked to meet at the flagpole, um, in the on campus in Northwest D.C. The visual will be followed by a rally in Freedom Plaza this weekend. The Stand Up for Trayvon Justice Rally will be held from 2 to 4 p.m. Um, on 14th and Pennsylvania Avenue. So after you go to the Justice Department and protest that, you go to 14th Avenue and you stand up for justice for Trayvon. But remember, when you stand up for justice for Trayvon, you're standing up for justice for your future children. You're standing up for justice whether you're, whether you're black, black and yellow, red and white. You are standing up for justice for your next door neighbor. You are standing up for justice for your community because one young boy dying in your community can change the whole life of the community. Now, how do you think Trayvon's friends are dealing with this? How is Trayvon's classmates dealing with this? What is the impact that they're going to have? They might not be African American, but their impact is still there, and, and the impact is still strong. And that is the most important thing to understand about this whole situation: that anybody can be impacted by it, even if they're not the ones. Uh, and that, that's really what it boils down to. In the moment tonight, I want to take a moment to remember somebody in my life um, who was inspirational to me. That made sure that I wasn't out on the streets. And mind you, said nothing was wrong with it, but she kept me out of trouble. And that's Norma Tracy, my aunt. Um, and after the show, I'll be leaving to go to New York to go to her funeral. Uh, but when talking, when thinking about Norma Tracy or Auntie Tracy, as we so eloquently called her, I thought about her love of humanity. Her love. She was able to love two boys, me and my brother, that is, who weren't her real family. We weren't related to her at all, but she was able to love us all the same and when I thought about it it's so coincidental that happened at the same time as this whole Trayvon situation because I guarantee you this if Auntie Tracy lived in that neighborhood Trayvon would have been her little boy too uh, and, and the reason for that is is because no matter what no matter if you're related or not the truth of the matter is, is that we're all a family we're all interconnected we're all part of the chain that makes us Americans and makes a citizen of our global society. No matter if you're gay, no matter if you're straight, no matter if you're a man, a woman, if you're Pacific Asian Islander, if you're from Africa, if you're from the nation of Jamaica, if you're from Canada, if you're from China, if you're from the United States, we are all connected by the same strand and that we're all citizens of this world. And if we don't stand up and fight for justice, if we don't stand up and love our neighbor as ourselves, this world will be a horrible place. And what bothers me the most, and what gets down to my core, is that what has happened in the, pa- in the past couple of years that has made me so uncomfortable is, is that we have lost love in this world. We have lost love for the single mother with two kids. We've lost love for the people who don't know how to find opportunity. We've lost love for students who are trying to make, make it out of the situation by going to university. We have lost the love that America was known for. The reason why America was so great is because not only did we have the American dream, but we, we were a country that was built by community. If you look at it, when we were founded, the 13 colonies were all separate. And then they realized they had a universal enemy, the British Empire. And they said, guess what? We're going to unite together as one American family, and we're going to take on the enemy. So I say to you tonight, if we could be like the, all of our founding fathers, or my Auntie Tracy, 
and just love our neighbor. If they're in the next state from you, if they're next door to you, if they're driving in the car to you, in the car next to you, if we can do that, we can make this world a better place. We can get justice for Trayvon, but on top of getting justice for Trayvon, we can get justice for the millions of young people who want to dream, but we don't have the ability to dream because we blocked the Dream Act. We can get justice for all those single mothers out there who can't afford college or university for their kids. But the but we can we can fight against that. The truth of the matter is, we can make it better and we can make it easier. It's just that simple, folks. It is just that simple. Uh, I think that is my time. Uh, but you know, folks, there's going to be a lot of changes happening on the Richard Fowler Show real soon. So stay tuned for that. And always, you can find us at our new Twitter home, Fowler Show. At Twitter, we have nine thousand followers. Let's make it ten thousand. We can make it happen. This one, this one goes out to Empty Tracy. This show goes out to Empty Tracy, and it also goes out to Trayvon Martin. Trayvon, if you're in heaven, say hello to my Empty Tracy for me. And you guys have been singing out and have ever sung before because of you two. Truth of the matter is, folks, we can change the world if we fight against injustice anywhere. Because injustice anywhere is a front to justice everywhere. I love you, but God loves you more. This is Richard Fowler signing off from D.C. Good night, everybody. That's when I'm the pressure and seconds left for sure You're listening to WPWC We Act Radio, 1480 AM, weactradio.com. Hello, everybody. I'm David Schuster, and you are listening to We Act Radio, 